This is Total Retail Tech Insights. The content retail executives need to optimize their use of technology throughout their organizations. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Total Retail Tech Insights. I'm Joe Keenan, the Editor-in-Chief of Total Retail, and I'm joined on today's episode by Frank Batovich, who is the Vice President of Solutions Consulting at Spotify. Frank and I are going to discuss a recent research report that Spotify is launching with Napco uh, Research, a sister brand of Total Retail, and we're going to talk a little bit about that report as well as just kind of the overall solutions that Spotify offers to help retailers. So thank you for joining me today, Frank. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. So as I noted, um, I think it would be helpful for our audience um, if you could start by giving an overview of the work that Spotify does. Yeah, sure. So uh, Botify is an end-to-end, uh, you know, SEO uh, SEO platform. We've been in market for about ten years now. Uh, we actually got our roots started in in some pretty, I would say, in-depth SEO analytics, uh, you know, type, uh, you know, type work, and that was kind of our uh, our niche as uh, you know for a while as a platform. But over the last couple of years, we've really started to evolve into more of a, an insights and automation platform where. Not only do we, you know, empower our customers with, uh, you know, the data and insights that they need to improve their organic search, but we've also started building automation tools that have really, you know, eliminated in a lot of cases one of the biggest challenges of SEO since the beginning of SEO, and that's implementation. Um, so that's really been our focus, you know, over the last, uh, you know, over the last couple of years. But you know, we work with large array of, uh, you know, of clients in a lot of different verticals but really have, um, you know, I would say more of a specialty with, uh, you know, large e-commerce brands, because it's really kind of how the platform was built. Um, it's really geared towards, you know, helping websites that are, you know, kind of large with, uh, you know, with a lot of complex problems um, to solve them and do, you know, to make it easier for Google to understand, you know, what, uh, you know, what their products and services are. So that provides a, a great oversight of, of the work that Botify does. How about personally, Frank, tell us a little bit about um, your professional background and your current role at Botify. Sure. So I have been you know, working in the, the wonderful world of SEO now for coming up on almost 20 years, which sounds kind of crazy to, to say it out loud now because I don't feel that old, although I know I am. <laughs> but um, uh, I, I've been in the, the field in, in a kind of a number of different, um, you know, a number of different roles. I've worked at, you know, agencies. So actually prior to, uh, you know, to Botify, I worked at Group M, which is part of WPP, you know, one of the largest media, if not, I'd have to go back and take a look at, at the stats now, because it's been a while since I've been there, but one of the largest, you know, media agencies in the world. I've worked, um, you know, for other technology providers. And for the last five years, I have been at Botify, where I've served a, a number of different roles. So I've worked with our, you know, customer success team, where I, Worked, you know, very closely with our, you know, clients. Once they, you know, once they signed on with us, you know, throughout, uh, you know, throughout their journey, I've worked on our professional services team, which is really, you know, kind of the more subject matter experts, you know, that we have. And then for the last three years, I've worked, um, you know, on our solutions consultant team and actually built that team up. Um, and what our solutions consultants do is actually work with a lot of our clients before they become clients, um, kind of understand what are their challenges. You know, what are their needs? Uh, you know, what type of big SEO problems have they, you know, they've been trying to solve? Um, and then we help them, you know, kind of visualize and understand, you know, how they'd be able to leverage our technology to, uh, you know, to do just that. 
So that actually, uh, the work that you're, you and your team uh, on the solutions consulting side of the business are doing is a good segue into my my next question, Frank. In terms of, I alluded to it in our opening, that um, Botify has recently produced a research report with uh, NAPCO Research, mm-hmm. and the title of that is Maximizing Revenue Potential in Today's Multifaceted Retail Landscape. So it addresses some of those challenges and potential solutions that you can implement um, to help address some of those SEO challenges and some of that automation work that can be done. Maybe you wanna highlight some of the key themes that are that are brought out in the report and kind of what the implications are for retailers. Yeah, so uh, you know the, the report that we, and, and the research that we've done really focused on a lot of our, uh, you know, larger, uh, you know, e-commerce sites that, uh, like I said, that we work with. We are very lucky to work with a lot of, uh, you know, pretty big name brands that, uh, you know, that most of, uh, you know, most of us either, you know, shop at or visit on, a, you know, on a regular basis. So um, some pretty interesting data that we were able to, uh, you know, to take a look at. And, you know, really what we, what we focused on is something that has been kind of near and dear to Botify for, you know, pretty much the, the you know, ever since we've, we've existed as a platform. And that is really understanding, you know, what the value of, uh, you know, understanding how Google crawls a website and how it indexes a website, which um, I know might be a little bit, you know, say, on, on the technical side, but I think a lot of people, when they think of SEO, they just think, well, hey, how does a site show up in the search results? And don't realize there's a whole process that takes place before that, um, you know, for a site to even, you know, have the opportunity to show up in the search results. Um, and that has been a process that we've really, you know, focused on for the last, like I said, 10 years and have built you know, into our platform where we've helped our customers understand, you know, what is Google crawling on my site? Um, and what is what is Google not finding? And I think that's always been, you know, something that has been kind of eye-opening to our customers is that on average, we see that about half of, you know, enterprise, you know, retail and, and enterprise websites in general are not crawled by Google on a regular basis. And if a page is not, you know, crawled by, by Google, it's never going to end up in the search results because Google doesn't know about it. Um, and that's really kind of what we focused on, you know, with the study to understand how is Google crawling these large sites? And then not only, you know, how is Google crawling them, but, you know, what happens when you get Google to crawl more of your site, um, which is the really exciting part, because we've, we've been able to see things like, you know, if you can just improve, uh, you know, what we refer to as the the crawl ratio, it just means, you know, what percentage of the pages that you have on your site that, you know, Google and other search engines could potentially crawl, what percentage of those are actually crawled? And what we can see is that as or what we found is that when you increase that by just a percent, we actually see about a 7% lift in traffic, which is huge. Um, and that is not, it, it's something that, uh, you know, we've been trying to measure for, you know, for a while. And we were very excited that we were able to, to start to put some tangible, you know, numbers behind, you know, what improvement means. And I think a lot of times, you know, we'll tell people, hey, you know, half of a half of a of a enterprise website is not seen by Google. Some of the assumption is, well, yeah, but it's Google. They got a lot of money. They got a lot of resources. They know about the important stuff. Um, and just what we've seen over the years is that's not necessarily true. Um, yeah. Google's not going to give infinite amount of time to you know to every website in the uh, you know in the world. So to be able to start quantifying what it means to um, to clean some of that up is has been uh, you know pretty exciting on our end. So in your experience working with these enterprise retailers, one, do they know currently um, what percentage of their site pages are being indexed? Yep. 
And two, even if they do know that, do they know exactly which pages are being indexed versus which pages are not? They might know that 50% of their pages are being indexed, but they have no idea what, what those pages are. Talk about kind of the awareness issue, um, because I think that's a challenge that you know, you don't know there's a problem, you know, if you don't know there's there's a problem, how are you going to go about solving it? That's a great question. Uh, because no, most most do not. Um, if they're unless they are, you know, really looking at that data with you know, kind of an SEO lens, uh, you know, from, you know, you know, from their side, uh, a lot of times that clients come to us, um, they haven't, in a, they haven't leveraged all the data sources that we use, uh, you know, in their previous, you know, previous strategies. So the way that we're able to actually help clients understand, you know, what is Google crawling? And, you know, in some cases, Bing, I know we always say Google as in, you know, it, it's become synonymous with SEO, but we have some clients where, you know, Bing might only be 10% of their traffic, but, you know, when you have a lot of traffic, 10% is still sizable. Um, but a lot of times, uh, you know, they just, they haven't um, used this data before. And we get that through uh, what we call, or not what we call, but, uh what are referred to as log files, which again, unless we have a big technical audience, I doubt that that landed in terms of what those are, but essentially log files are just, um, you know, they're, they're stored on your server and it's basically like the receipts of who came into the site, you know, what bots came into the site, what did they hit? Um, and what we do is we, we take that, we then ingest that into the platform and we're able to tell them exactly, you know, which were and were not. And unless you're leveraging that right now, it's, it's almost impossible to really know exactly what Google is and isn't crawling. So no, most, most don't have a general idea. I mean, they might know like, Hey, I'm only getting traffic from 10,000 of my pages and I have 10 million. I think there's a problem. Right. And then that's when they, that, that's usually something like that will be kind of the catalyst for why they, you know, why they start talking with us. But um, generally, no, it, it, it's a, it's somewhat of a, I would say a blind spot unless you're leveraging you know, a tool that does, uh, that does, um, you know, access that data. And to your point, the incrementality, you know, you, I think you call it out. If you can get that index pages percentage ratio up okay. 1%, you see a correlated increase in traffic of 7%. Like, you know, think of the gains that you can get if you can get it up even more than 1% and getting that traffic to your site and then converting, you know, even if you're just converting your standard two and a half, three and a half percent of that traffic. Exactly. For an enterprise retailer that's getting millions and millions of visitors, that's a, a significant sum of money. Exactly. And I mean, generally what we see is that a lot of times organic search converts at an even higher rate than other channels because organic search is a, yep. I mean, it's a channel where it's it's the one channel I like to say, well, paid search as well, but search in general is the one channel where your, your customer is telling you exactly what they are looking for. Uh, you know, other channels, you know, display your, you know, you have your ads up and you hope your, your creative resonates and, and that somebody clicks through, but it's still, um, you know, somebody that could be coming in, not necessarily, you know, in the retail case with a shop mentality, they might just see an ad like, oh, that's cool. I'm going to click on it. Whereas with search, you know, you're actively putting something into Google saying, I am looking for, I don't know, running shoes or a new phone, whatever, you know, whatever it is you're, you're actually shopping for. Um, so generally, we see that that uh, that that traffic converts at a uh, at a higher clip than a lot of other channels. Yep, exactly. They have that intent. Exactly. And that intent based shoppers is, is going to convert at a higher percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, so as this conversation is going, we're we're talking about SEO and and search uh, index pages on your site. Mm-hmm. There's also the other piece about it where 
this isn't just only online, right? Like, so yeah. we got to think about the relationship between online and offline and how those channels can, can work together um, based upon what we're seeing from consumer behavior. Consumers are, are rarely just shopping in one channel anymore. They're looking stuff up on their, on their phone before they go into store. They're doing reversed. Maybe they're going in store and then buying online. So talk a little bit about the relationship between online and offline in your world of SEO and how that may have evolved recently. Sure. So it has been a wild world the last two years, uh, watching the last two and a half years specifically, you know, watching online and, and offline where for a little while there, everything was online. Um, and it was actually, um, you know, as we, you know, we're, you know, we're working with a lot of our clients, it was really interesting even just seeing how, uh, you know, consumer behavior was changing in early 2020 um, and being able to spot the trends, uh, you know, in, in some of our clients' data kind of before you, you know, you saw them, uh, you know, elsewhere in, in the news. Uh, one that I always point to that just made me, you know, made me laugh was that we could see for some of our kind of big box retailers, how all of a sudden, you know, clippers, hair clippers started to trend in, uh, you know, that was probably, you know, April of 2020 when everything was shut down. And then once those sold out, you were able to automatically start seeing the rise in dog clippers because people were like, hey, clippers are clippers. I need to cut my hair. Um, but we were seeing all of those, those changes in user behavior in near real time. So it was, it was, it was really interesting. Um, now we're starting to see, you know, some of the reverse where, you know, now that things, you know, now that we're you know, kind of back to normal-ish and, uh, you know, everything's open again, we're starting to see that that huge rise in traffic, uh, you know, that we saw in, through 2020 into 2021 is started to die down. And we're seeing some, a lot of actually, most retailers are seeing, you know, traffic decrease and they're like, well, it's decreasing, but you know, in stores is, is is back up. So is that, um, you know, is that good? Is that bad? And we've, we've helped a lot of them kind of understand, you know, just kind of where they, you know, where, where they stand in terms of, uh, you know, kind of just traffic levels. But, you know, in general, now that things are open, um, you know, we, I mean, we, we're seeing the push, you know, from a lot of, uh, a lot of clients, uh, you know, to see what, you know, or to get customers, you know, in store again. And it, it seems like that is kind of becoming now that, uh, now that we didn't have that in-store experience as consumers for a while, um, you know, people are starting to, uh, you know, to kind of go back to that even a little bit more than we saw, you know, pre-COVID. So we're trying, we have a lot of customers who are trying to understand, well, how does a rise in my organic traffic actually then, um, you know, in turn deliver any sort of increase, you know, in foot traffic? Um, and we have some clients who have some very good analytics teams who are doing some really interesting attribution modeling right now to understand the exact lift of, you know, in-store purchases based on, uh, you know, online, uh, you know, online search activity. So I think you bring up a great point, you know, from talking to retailers over so many years, you know, the overwhelming majority um, of retailers, their most valuable customers, the most loyal customers are those customers that are shopping in multiple channels with the brand. So having drawing that connection between what retailers are seeing in organic search traffic and what does that then reflect in their in-store traffic is really critical as they think about, you know, servicing that customer across multiple channels. So leads into my follow-up question for you, Frank, in terms of given that shift that we've seen in consumer behavior and you noted, especially over the last two and a half years, what are retailers um, doing well um, in terms of using technology to enhance that customer experience, no matter where the customer is shopping? And, you know, that, that extends from SEO to in-store to the, you know, uh, 
you know, throughout the customer purchase experience. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think just in, in like in general at a high level, what we saw for maybe even, you know, for a number of years was, you know, when it came to online, it was, hey, we all just, everybody just needed their, their online presence. Um, and it was, if you had your store, if you had good, uh, you know, good rates on shipping, good time on shipping for, you know, things like convenience and you had prices, that was kind of the name of the game. That was what everybody was, you know, was focused on was kind of getting, you know, online commerce to a point where, you know, it was super convenient. Amazon, you know, really helped everybody once they did, you know, Prime and, you know, everybody could get, you know, two-day shipping that kind of forced everybody else to, you know, to do that as, you know, as well, or get as close to that as possible. And, you know, what we're just seeing in general is that now that's kind of just table stakes. And now you're, you really have to, you know, to stand out. So in terms of what we're seeing with, you know, the use of technology to improve user experience, um, you know, I would say, you know, we see some customers who are testing out a lot of video content on things like, um, you know, their, even their category pages and specifically product pages, um, you know, to be able to create, you know, almost more of a, an in-person experience without, you know, without being there. And that's really difficult to, you know, that's really difficult to do. It requires creating a lot of assets. Um, and that's where I think search comes in is because search, like I said, it gives you that data to understand exactly, you know, what customers, you know, are, are looking for and what they care about when they, you know, when they're, when they're buying a particular product. So if you leverage things like the keyword data that is, you know, driving traffic to this, to your site, you understand like, okay, maybe somebody is searching for a phone, but they're searching for phones with a particular feature, or they are particularly, you know, concerned with, I don't know, how big is the phone? Because I mean, phones have gotten so big these days. And when you're buying that online, it's really hard to <laughs> to judge, you know, how's that going to fit in my hand? How's it going to fit in my pocket? Um, so creating, you know, video content that, you know, helps the, the consumer understand things like that and get a, a I would say, um, a virtual feel for the product without a having a, a physical feel has been, you know, what we see a lot of, you know, customers doing well with, and that gives you an opportunity, you know, for SEO as well. Cause whenever you're creating assets, it's all, you know, a extra potential, um, uh, you know, acquisition, uh, you know, or opportunity for acquisition. Cause you could then use that video, right. You could post that video to YouTube or to your other channels, and you could use that to, um, you know, to get even more, um, you know, potential customers, uh, you know, looking at your products. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, that, that rich product content that retailers are adding to their websites, that's, that's highly valuable to Google. And, you know, as they, as the search engines crawl their sites, that, that type of content oh, absolutely. Um, is really valuable. Yeah. Cause if you think about it, if you're a, let, let's say you are, you are like more of like a big box retailer, big box department store, right? You're all kind of selling the same stuff. You're selling the same Ah, sneakers, the same sweatshirts, the same whatever, right? So if you have kind of the same products, you have kind of the same brands, you need something that makes you stand out, not just to, you know, to users when they, when they get there, but you need something that makes you stand out to the search engine so that, you know, they rank you higher than, you know, some of the other sites that are out there. Because if all you have out there on a category page, for instance, is here's my category, here's the, the you know, is this is my sweatshirts page, here's 20 sweatshirts. Well, that's not going to, you know, that that's not going to make you stand out from, you know, from any other retailer. So all of that definitely plays, um, you know, plays a role. And actually, one of the other things that we saw in the study was just the role of category pages in general, uh, you know, for a lot of our retail sites is that 
the you know product details pages is you know, that's obviously where where you buy. You can't buy from a category page. So your intent is you know much different on a uh, you know on a PDP uh, on your uh, you know on your site. You generally have a lot more of those. And that's generally what Google spends a lot of its time crawling um, and you know and accessing. But the category pages send exponentially more you know, traffic because they do create, they give their users that, that virtual browse experience, so to speak of like, I know I want running shoes. I don't know which one I want. So I'm going to go to, you know, I'm going to look at, you know, six pages of running shoes to see exactly, uh, see exactly what I want. Um, and that was something in particular that we saw on, uh, on larger, uh, retail sites too, that just category pages send, uh, a much larger share of traffic than the actual, uh, the actual product pages. So one of the thing I I wanted to touch upon is as more and more retailers invested in their e-commerce uh, sides of their business, that getting qualified traffic to your site became even more challenging mm -hmm. because there's, there's more competition. So obviously uh, you know, it would make sense that, that getting traffic is, you know, with more players in the market, it's going to be a little more difficult. And then you add on top of that, that there's rising online customer acquisition costs between paid search, social, all these ways, you know, these acquisition costs are going up. Talk a little bit about the impact of online customer acquisition costs rising, and then conversely, getting qualified traffic to your e-commerce site. And really the value that SEO could play here is you can get that, that organic free traffic to your site. Yeah, I mean, uh, the uh, cost per clicks generally aren't going down. Uh, those, are, those, are, those are going up. Um, and, you know, it, it's been interesting because, I, 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 like I said, I've been in SEO for 20 years, uh, almost 20 years, we'll say. Uh, it's been about technically 19, but so uh, close enough. <laughs> I, I've probably made the case of, hey, organic is actually a much more efficient channel than paid search for all 19 of those years, I have, you know, I have, I have probably, you know, been, uh, you know, said that till I was blue in the face, you know, in, in terms of, uh, you know, just different pitches that I have been on, not just, you know, at Botify, but at, you know, throughout my, throughout my career. And it's only seemed like recently that it's really starting to resonate, you know, more. And we actually have clients who are coming to us and saying, Hey, paid is delivering or in any other channel, like, they're delivering delivering traffic at you know x cost per click or x cost in general. If we can prove out that we can deliver traffic at a lower rate than that, we will actually start to um, you know start to to reallocate funds from those channels into SEO. And it has been music to my ears because, like I said, I've been trying to make that case for 19 years, and um, you know hearing you know, a lot of customers start to, uh, you know, to think of it in those terms has been, um, like I said, it's, it's been music to my ears, but uh, we're hearing it more, uh, you know, more and more. And, you know, to your point, it's, you know, or it's the only channel too, that when you do it right, you know, you are going to have, you know, not just lasting effects in, um, uh, you know, in the organic channel itself, but it is actually going to amplify all of your other channels. If you're, doing SEO right and it's ingrained in your workflows, it's actually going to, you know, help improve paid because those pages are probably going to be, you know, pretty well optimized for SEO and it's going to help your quality scores. And if you're doing media or you're doing, you're putting a lot of money into, you know, to TV, if you're taking those TV, you're taking those commercial spots, optimizing them and, you know, putting them on YouTube or any other video channel, you're getting more eyeballs on that asset that, 
um, you've already paid a lot of money to uh, you know to 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 create in my in my previous life prior to Botify at uh, like I said at Group M it was a lot of the the customers we had were the kind of the clients that had Super Bowl ads and it's like hey you're going to spend an enormous amount of money to do this Super Bowl ad we should have that optimized ready to go so that the second it, it launches you can post it so that you know you're getting the, you're you're the one getting the eyeballs on it um not some you know super bowl commercial blogger who's going to post it with their voiceover and their comments and things like that um so it gives you a chance to control the uh you know control the conversation as well yeah and you get that halo effect that you talked about yep. um do you find that many retailers they paid search has almost become I don't want to use the word crutch, but they just, it's become the normal what they do. Yeah. And it's like delivering at an acceptable rate. So they're just like, okay, we'll, we'll continue spending on that because it's delivering at an acceptable rate. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, they kind of almost fall back to paid search because it's essentially easy. Yeah. You know? it, I mean, it, <laughs> oh man, again, you're preaching to the choir on that one, Joe, but uh, it definitely, and it's, it's, I mean, it's a channel that it's, it's just kind of easy to, it's easy to measure. It's quick, you know, turn it on traffic starts coming in, turn it off. You know, the traffic goes away, but it's pretty easy to know. I put in $10 and I got a hundred back or whatever. Right. And it's like, Oh, okay. That was, that was cool. I like that. Um, Whereas with SEO, you know, it it takes a little longer, right? You're going to maybe start your efforts today and it's going to take a little while for, for you to see them. Um, But it's almost like interest where once it starts, you know, it starts to compound and all of a sudden you're like, Oh, Maybe we didn't see something for the first, you know, two months, but now we are starting to see gains, uh, you know, that are just kind of stacking on top of each other. Um, but yeah, tip paid is still, I think, definitely something that, um, you know, that is, uh, it's an easy fallback. Yeah. So lastly, Frank, you're someone that's been in this space for for a number of years, as you've noted. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested in getting your perspective uh, as we finish out Q4 here and move into a new year. Is there one or two industry trends you're particularly watching very closely that you think could have an impact on retailers' businesses? This could be online, this could be offline, some sort of consumer behavior. Uh, I'm just curious to get your take. I'd like to kind of get experts to kind of weigh in on on where they see us going in the future. Yeah, I love this question um, because I think, you know, a lot of times um, people like to make bold claims about, you know, uh, voice search is going to take over right by whenever I've been hearing that for four years or, you know, however long it's been. Right. Um, right, Yeah. And, you know, if you've been in search for long enough, you know, and a lot of times, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same Um, when it comes to, you know, when it, when it comes to search, I've also been reading, you know, the death of SEO article, you know, every three months for probably 15 of the 19 years that I've been in search. So um, there's always that, you know, that, you know, what what, what is going to be next? I I do think uh, when it comes to, you know, search and and SEO specifically, I I do think it's not going to change too significantly in terms of, you know, what is effective, you know, and what, uh, and what works. I think what might change is that, you know, we're starting to see a lot of our customers realize like, you know what, the needs of a user and the needs of a search engine are just getting farther and farther apart. So, you know, a lot of the modern, you know, programming languages are amazing for, um, uh, you know, for users, right. In terms of being able to give you the ability to land on, land on one of these category pages that we're talking about, and you can have 17 filters, right. To go from a hundred thousand shoes to three. And those are the three that you, you will end up picking from. 
amazing user experience cre can create a nightmare for search engines if you give the search engine too many options um, and if you're not uh, you know uh, you know taking that taking that into account. So one that I just see in general is you know it, the smart uh, retail sites are really starting to you know to focus on what those two needs are and trying to balance them as you know as best that they can and to really serve both whenever you know uh, whenever they can. And the other one that I would say is just we actually already talked about it um, is turning your website into more of an experience um, because that's just going to help you. One, I mean, it's going to help your conversion rate for one, uh, which is, I mean, at the end of the day, if you're improving your conversion rate uh, substantially, you don't even have to improve your traffic to improve your bottom line. But when you do that, you're also going to you're going to help SEO um, and you're going to just help that your, you know your site stand out. Um, because I feel like, like I said, you know, we, we got to this point where the, the allure of online, um, and, and, and e-commerce was the convenience for so long, but that's gone, right? You, if anything, yeah, I would say most people listening are probably like, well, you know, if I go to a site and it's like five day shipping or something, you're like, oh, I'm going to wait five days. I'm gonna go somewhere else. Right. So that, that allure of convenience is kind of gone. So now it's more, we're seeing like, how do we enhance the experience and, and provide some of that? Uh, you know, in-store experience, you know, online, which I think, you know, we started to see offline years ago where you, most stores went from these giant warehousey kind of places to things like the Apple store, where it was more about, Hey, I came in, there's an expert there talking me through every single feature of this iPhone and how it works and, you know, why I, why it's better than, you know, whatever other, whatever other phone. And, Turning that experience into online is, um, you know, I, I just, I think what we're going to see more and, uh, you know, more and more. Yeah. And just to follow up on what you just said, and I think those were some great points, Frank, I think that death of SEO articles <laughs> that you've been reading for five years or so yeah. that those are right next to the kind of the retail apocalypse articles that we've been seeing for so many years exactly. now, the, the death of brick and mortar retail. Um, and then secondly, that point around making it more of an experience and obviously bringing it back to SEO, the longer you get somebody to stay on your site, that time on site has real has SEO value to it as well, right? Oh, exactly. Um, and I mean, it just helps you build a relationship with the consumer too. Otherwise, it's just transactional and you're just there and you're yeah. like, okay, this is the, ex like, you know, in some cases that's fine, right? If you know, like me, for instance, I have bought the same exact running shoe for the last 10 years. And every year I just buy the new model. So like to me, I don't need, I just know that's my shoe, right? So in some cases that's fine. But if you're a new runner, for instance, you want to build that connection where it's like, oh, I landed on this site. And not only did they have the shoe that, you know, these shoes that looked great, they had all of these guides to help me figure out, you know, what type of shoe do I need? What kind of support do I need? Do I need, you know, whatever it is I could, sorry, I was about to go into like a rabbit hole of stuff. Cause I do, and I know too much about running shoes, but um, <laughs> the more of that, that you give, it's just, it, it creates the connection so that too, it's like, you know what? That website helped me out. I'm just going to go there, you know, directly, uh, you know, directly next time because I know that uh, they have good stuff, and we're seeing we're seeing a lot of our customers build that kind of content too, because uh, it's great for SEO for one, but it is it's just it, it, it's outstanding for the the consumer as uh, you know as well to create that connection, which is a good way to do it when you know you're not in store. Yeah, for sure. Well, this has been great. I want to take the opportunity to thank. Frank Vitovich, who is the Vice President of Solutions Consulting at Botify, uh, for joining us on this episode of Total Retail Tech Insights. Thank you, Frank. 
Thanks for having me, Joe. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for listening. For more information on this podcast, please check out our podcast channel page at mytotalretail.com slash podcasts for show notes. Total Retail Tech Insights is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Make sure to subscribe on our podcast channel page as well. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a few moments to rate and review this podcast. Thanks, and until next time, this has been Total Retail Tech Insights.